Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because I had the privilege of interviewing Keisha, who is a Lean of Plants member who has currently lost 50 pounds since joining the program about a year ago. I love her story because she kind of had the knowledge piece sorted. She understood how weight loss works. She understood what to do. She'd read a lot of books, but it wasn't until she understood how to use tiny habits and she joined Lean of Plants that she was able to knuckle down on her consistency, focus on the few key habits that would get her consistent in her day-to-day environment. And that's led to massive change over time. So Keisha, thank you so much for sharing with us and I know that everyone listening to this is going to be able to take some gold nuggets away. One of the things that I love about this interview and that I want you to listen for is how simple and easy Keisha makes her system. She's a foodie at heart but she's really honed in on how things need to be light, easy, obvious, attractive And just no-brainers if you want to do them consistently. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Can you, Keisha, just tell me a little bit about who you are and your dieting history? So I was born and raised in Los Angeles and I still live here. I live with my boyfriend and um, I'm a, a window display artist. So I make like windows and also interior displays for retail. That's so cool. <laughs> it's a very fun job and it keeps you very active, but then also some days you're just sitting hot gluing something for the whole entire day. So it's like <laughs> funny because some days you're like literally like climbing up and down a ladder 400 times. And then the other day you're just sitting like hot gluing. So <laughs> wow. Lots of variety. Yeah. Um, and then my dieting history, I kind of I grew up with kind of not feeling like I was the right weight. Like my family kind of would always joke and be like, oh, well, you're, you still have your baby fat. Mm. And so I always had maybe even from when I was like five or six, like a little bit of like shame or like feeling like I should be losing weight or figure out some way to grow into a body that's thinner. Mm, that's um, so hard. Yeah. And I, it's sad because I look back at the pictures of myself and I mean, like, sure, there was like a cute little pot belly, but like, I wasn't by any means. If I think if no one would have said anything, it would have probably been better. Um, but instead I kind of went into this mm. life where I was trying to figure out how to lose weight, but I didn't really have any resources or any knowledge about it. And Yeah, I went through time where I was trying to figure out what to do. And I always thought, oh, one day I'll have the energy and the gumption to like work out enough that I'll actually be able to lose weight. But then I would try to do that and then I wouldn't be able to stick with it. And I always was like, well, I guess I just don't have enough like self-control or enough willpower or enough motivation to, Mm. to do the thing that I need to do in order to finally have a body that I want. How old were you when that started? Like when did, when did you start trying to lose weight? I feel like, I don't know if I have an exact age. I would say that probably like when I was 12, I probably was having, my parents were probably like trying to get me to lose weight. 
And I was, I wanted to, because they wanted me to. Um, Mm. and I felt very like uncomfortable because I felt like all anyone saw when they looked at me was that I was overweight. Mm. I didn't know what to eat. And my mom was feeding me. So, so like she'd make spaghetti and I liked vegetables and I would eat vegetables, but there was never enough vegetables that I could eat like a ton of them. Like I would have like a little spoonful and that was about it. Mm. And I remember I would eat like spaghetti or like certain things and I would always want more of it. And I would feel like a lot of shame. And like, I would feel Mm. like everyone was judging me for getting second helping. And that never felt good Mm. because I wanted to be healthy. But then at the same time, like in that moment, I wanted to eat more food and like, especially like the things I really liked that I like, my mom didn't always cook super good food, but some of the days. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much pressure at like a very young age to be you know, wanting to lose a little bit of weight, having no idea what to actually do to do that, probably having some kind of concept that, you know, exercise helps as most people think and eating less helps, but then those two things being really, really difficult. And also you don't have much control over them. Like you, you don't have control over what you eat at that age. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I had zero control. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was a lot of pressure and yeah, just in general, like I kind of felt like because my parents would say stuff to me about it, my siblings would say stuff to me about it as well. Mm. And my sister was able to like, just, she kind of just like stopped eating. So Mm. she lost weight, Mm. which was like applauded, which I'm like this, so many things were broken in this situation. Um, And then that just spiraled to my parents always that themselves were always trying to lose weight. Mm. They were always in a diet. So I, got to the point where I was in high school and then in college and I kind of rejected all of the forms of like trying to lose weight and I just started trying to accept myself and was like trying to figure out the body positivity thing because I was like I just don't have enough willpower or self-control to get to get where I want to be so I'm going to just have to learn to be happy with who I am the way I am Mm. um and so and I also like I wanted to still aim to be healthy. So I wanted just sustainability in my life. Mm. And so I would do things like I'm going to eat salad and I would like, I'm going to eat a salad a day. And I, so, so I sort of was like figuring it out. I think it just took me a very long time to get here. <laughs> yeah. I, I read about veganism and like decided to be, to go vegetarian. Cause I was still living with my parents and I was like, this is just going to be too complicated to do with my family mm. around so I like did the middle step but the problem is I love cheese so much and then when you're vegetarian you just eat so much cheese yeah <laughs> yeah you like your your cheese consumption it goes through the roof <laughs> when you go vegetarian I feel yeah and it cheese and eggs yes. so much of all of that and then it doesn't really like stop you from eating any of the baked goods that are still around mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I definitely like figured out that vegetarian was like good for me. And then when I did finally go vegan, I, um, was, I, I was in a stage in my life where I was like in, in the poverty level. So I didn't really have like a lot of money. So I would, I went vegan and I wasn't trying to eat all the delicious foods that I'd had before. Like I was eating like this, I was eating like lentil soup every day, multiple times a day, or like Uh, kimchi and rice or something like it was a very like frugal version of being vegan so as you can imagine like Mm. weight kind of just flew off of me which was great um but then once my life kind of changed once my environment shifted I gained it all back and then I I had like watched all of the youtubers and like everything about high carb low fat like I know all of these things and I've like read all the books Um, but it was just so frustrating to kind of be in this like now heavy body and not know, I know that it's possible to lose weight, but when I had done it before, it was just sort of like a magical thing. And like, it was so sustainable that I just didn't even know, like, I didn't even know how to sustain it. (laughs) Right. Did it, so did it, when you were losing weight because you were eating like lentils, beans, rice, like all of those kind of cheap vegan staples that we all should be eating more of 
was it kind of like a not understanding why the weight was coming off eating that way? I mean, I understood why it was happening, but I didn't Mm. realize that like, I think that like having the, I knew that it was those, those food items, but it was also the repetition because I was eating, I would make a pot of lentil soup and then that's what I had. And so I was eating that. And so I think having that repetition made it so that I wasn't like, oh, I love this lentil soup. Let me eat five bowls of it. I would be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to eat this lentil soup. I'm going to have one bowl and then I'm going to have to eat another bowl for dinner. So I wasn't like, oh, this is so good. I'm going to eat all of it, which I think is it's easier to not feel that way about those types of foods. Whereas like if someone brings me an impossible burger, I might have two (laughs) because yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been so freeing to learn that, um, that isn't like a men- my own mental problem. Like it's actually just mm-hmm. like your body is trying to, you know, store up for later. And if something tastes really yeah. good, then it's going to try to get you to eat more of it. And yeah, as those high dopamine hit foods. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of sounds like what you were finding was that your environment or your specific circumstances, like they were the biggest dictators of, you know, where your weight sat and your habits. Yeah, I would say. And when those change, everything changed. Yeah, I feel like that was absolutely correct. (laughs) I. So you've now, you've now lost 50 pounds, right? Yeah, 50. And counting, (laughs) which like huge congratulations. Like that's insane. Thank you. So you, you've obviously now had to go from kind of being swayed by your environment to creating an environment that's allowed that to happen and allowed that to happen on such a consistent basis that you're 50 pounds in. That's not an overnight transformation. That's months and months. Yeah. Like how long actually is that? I started in August and so it's almost been a whole year. Almost a year. Yeah. Still 50 pounds in a year. Yeah. That's pretty consistently about a pound a week. Yeah. I think my, I have like a tracker that tells you about how much you're losing a week. And it's, it's essentially a pound a week. There were weeks that I like, there was months that I wasn't trying and there was months (laughs) and there was months where I was losing like two pounds a week. So it just sort of, it being about one pound a week. And the funny thing is I'm sure people will listen to this because I, I I talk, I have these kind of conversations every day and you probably would feel the same because I would have too where a pound a week doesn't seem like much because we always want to lose weight quicker. But the fact that you had whole periods where you weren't even really trying and you still are now 50 pounds down over a year's period, most people will do a diet for a couple of months and then they'll be right back up where they started. Or if you look at it over a year period, most people are gaining weight as they age. So that's such a huge accomplishment. And I I love that you touched on that you wanted to find something sustainable and that that's really what's gotten you here. So what changed? What actually changed for you? Oh man. I mean, I feel like there's a few key things. I think, I think, I mean, joining lean with plants, um, kind of got me to do the veggie challenge, which was like Mm -hmm. the first kickoff of all of this. And it helped. I think I lost 10 pounds just by adding veggies to my life. Wow. That's awesome. Um, but I definitely had a little bit of a hiccup. I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So during that first month, it was really hard to, I, I kept having like really busy weekends. And so every week I would get back on track on Monday and I would like get back into being really consistent, but then kind of after it, it being like weekend after weekend, after weekend of being crazy, I sort of was like, okay, like this is too much. I'm never going to get anywhere. So for the next couple, the next two months, I sort of, I was going to pods, but I wasn't like fully committed. I wasn't necessarily eating as many vegetables. I I remember I went to Hawaii during that time as well. And I was, I tried to sort of follow, but I wasn't like, I wasn't really on track. And then Mm. I did, I came back and I was still going to my pod from Hawaii and um at 5 a.m let's point out because you decided to go to a pod that was at 5 a.m and just for anyone listening who's not aware what pods are pods are an accountability meeting 
that we have in Lean with Plants, run by amazing leaders, and Keisha is now an, an amazing pod leader. So you were committing to go to your pod meetings at 5 a.m. when you were participating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 5 a.m. I was with um, a lovely lady who lives in England. <laughs> it was her, her midday. <laughs> She was like, I can't believe you're getting up for this at 5 a.m. That's dedication. Yeah, it was the only one that fit my schedule. And I really wanted to get, I really wanted that connection piece Mm -hmm. that Lean With Plants offers. And I mean, I think there is a little bit of like, until you really understand the like tiny habit thing, it can be a little overwhelming to like join join a pod and then have to come up with something new every single week to add. Mm -hmm. But then once you realize it can literally be, the tiniest thing, then it's like kind of fun to be like, hmm, what tiny thing can I commit to this week? Because then no matter what, like you're always pushing forward, even if it's just to try something and be like, oh, that actually didn't work for me. But hey, at least you've done something and tried it and crossed off the list and you can choose something for the next week. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. So you you joined Lean of Plants, you realized, okay, I need to add more vegetables. You obviously started to understand how weight loss worked the knowledge Mm -hmm. piece like we kind of talk about like there's a knowledge piece and there's an implementation piece and it's really easy to understand the knowledge like you can learn that in a couple of hours (laughs) it's not actually complicated yeah I mean I feel like I understood the knowledge piece before joining lean with plants yeah yeah I think what you're saying you you had that pretty down (laughs) yeah and I've like listened to all of your podcasts and I've watched so I've watched like everything and listened to everything that I could possibly listen to in this like type of weight loss Mm. so it was really just figuring out like how to do it Mm. the habit and like yeah and when I first jumped in I was definitely like all in like I'm gonna do everything I'm gonna like stop drinking I'm gonna eat vegetables every single meal all the time as snacks as everything and then I think it I realized like wow I'm burnt out this is too much and I slowed down but then when going to my pod, it got me to keep trying little things. Mm. And so that's when I finally did a, a potato reset, which was the thing that made me realize that I can do it. Like, it's amazing to you're, you can eat three meals and snacks a, every day and you feel so full, almost like almost too full. <laughs> like it's, it, it's hard to believe that you can feel that full and then lose weight. It's so counter to everything that we've been taught. Yeah. Well, I always thought you like the feeling of hunger. I thought that was losing weight when I was a kid. I know. <laughs> I did for most of my adult life. It's like, yeah, I feel hungry. Then, Great. Yeah. Which Time is to so order sad. pizza. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But it's that. So that was my experience doing the potato reset. I was like, wow, I'm like so full. Like I could, I couldn't even think about eating after mm. dinner. Cause I was just like wildly full um and then I think because potatoes like are on the lower end of calorie density like it it's like almost impossible to eat you know too many calories on that Mm. especially like at that stage I was 210 pounds so like I probably had more calories to play with even yeah yeah I was definitely able to like learn a lot about like how if you just choose to eat a potato instead of eating something that's higher in calorie density, like it, you will feel full, you will feel satisfied and you will lose weight still. Yeah. Yeah. The potato reset is a great, it's such a great thing to teach you that you can actually eat a lot of food and that you can eat really filling foods. I was always scared of potatoes and I started my, I I kickstarted my weight loss with the potato reset Because I think in my mind, I was like, it's extreme enough that I feel like it could work. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I didn't trust that I could eat things like porridge or, you know, even oats or the things that regular people ate that I saw. I'm like, no, no, their bodies are special. I'm broken. Like, I will not be able to eat that. I will gain weight. But then the potato reset, which is you're just eating potatoes and vegetables, essentially, for a short period of time. Like, it's not a long-term thing, but it teaches you you can get very satisfied very quickly on simple foods and you it's it is so phenomenal that you actually like you lose weight eating copious amounts of potatoes and vegetables yeah Yeah, it's crazy 
and there is like some creativity with potatoes like you can turn them into like weird crispy bread <laughs> <laughs> i bet you've done that have you done I, that? I totally have yeah i that, well i did it for a whole month so at at a certain point i was like okay so did i let me figure out like something more interesting like on the weekends i was like oh yeah it'd be kind of more fun but the more water, long time <laughs> the more water you press out of the potato like the more difficult it is for your body to like digest it <laughs> yeah is something yeah. that yeah I would like I was like okay I, this was fun but like from now on like I only will do like a de- less hydrated potato like every once in a while right yeah they can also feel quite dry like going down your throat so uh, people ask me all the time like how do you eat plain potatoes and like you get your water <laughs> you have your water with you <laughs> Uh, but one of the things that we talked about because we had the chance to meet up in LA and go for a bit of a skate, which was awesome and go out for a coffee, found that we love the exact same type of weird coffee, which is espresso <laughs> with soda water. Uh, but we talked about how once you'd done the potato reset, it really got you going on a very simple habit system that you've now continued to lose these 50 pounds. Can you talk about what that looks like? I remember after doing the potato reset in the, in the Facebook group, um, with Lima plants, I, someone was talking about how they wanted to be able to do a potato reset, but they, but they couldn't for some reason. And I was like, well, why don't you just do Hmm. one meal a day as a potato meal? And then the funny thing is like, after like commenting that and like moving on with my life, I realized that that's exactly what I did. (laughs) I just, I set it up so that every day for work, I bring with me um, potatoes and broccoli with some sort of sauce. And I don't even, I don't Mm. cook the broccoli beforehand and the potatoes are cooked and they, I just have them in a fridge in the fridge and I just pile potatoes and broccoli, raw broccoli in. And then I, the, the container that I cook it in at work has a lid with a little hole in it. So it steams it magically I don't have to it works I don't know how it works um and I my coworkers don't hate me too much they keep telling me they like the smell of broccoli which could be a lie (laughs) or could be nice yeah Yeah, that's so nice um so yeah so I figured out how to eat a potato meal a day and I feel like that has like really helped Mm. with my success and then um breakfast I will be pretty like consistently eat oatmeal or I if I'm not feeling oatmeal I'll do potatoes um (laughs) and then dinners I tend to be like a little bit more adventurous if I'm feeling it but I also enjoy the simplicity because I've realized that the simplicity gives me time which has been like a really key thing for me that's so good um because I want time and I I realized I I do love food (laughs) but do I want my life to just be about food? It's not like I'm a chef. <laughs> like, it's not like I need to have my life be revolving around food. So I've had to figure out ways to have my life not revolve around food and sort of letting go of having like really complex dinners and really complex meals in general. And I do, I still do it. Like I recently made from scratch mm-hmm. um, gluten-free pasta, <laughs> fresh pasta. And, and meatballs and like the sauce and everything, <laughs> vegan meatballs. And of everything. course you so, did. Of course but, you did. But like, I save that for special occasions when I'm like really feeling energy. Wow. And, and I like let, I kind of yeah. come up with something creative I want to do with food. And then I'll like choose a day in the far future <laughs> when I will have time and I do that. But otherwise it's so mm. simple. I, I love that. And that's so insightful too actually be asking that question like how much time do I want to trade for this like is is the way that a meal tastes is that worth the time that it takes and it's it's not just time like it's headspace it's decision fatigue it's how does that affect my consistency and the crazy thing to me is that you are someone who is actually such a foodie and I'm going to get you to tell your story, the ice cream story <laughs> at some point. But you you would consider yourself a foodie. You love cooking. You're very creative. 
but you've created a system for yourself that is so simple and from the outside looks so incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really hard concept for people to grasp. Like, how do you even reconcile those two things? Like you've talked about how you will kind of schedule that for specific days. How did you get to the point where you realized you were okay with something that was so simple and so consistent while still being someone who enjoys good food and that creative process. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I still enjoy my food as it is simple. Like I actually really, really enjoy it. And I think that has all to do with the sauces. Um, so I feel like that helps. I know that some people mm. want like a extreme variety Um, and I would say that I feel like I was like that probably like seven years ago, seven to 10 years ago. I remember one of my friends eats very habitually. She eats like broccoli and chicken or something every day. And I'm just like, oh, how could you do that? But now I do that as well. Um, (laughs) and I, I do think like, it's just realizing like what matters to you in your life. Yeah. And for me, I, I really care about connecting with people. And I really care about creative, like being creative and having time for creativity. And I do work a creative job, but it's not for myself. It's for a company. (laughs) So I want time to work on my own, my own projects. And I find that in order to have that time, I need something else in my life to be simple and easy. And what I was, I would always have considered making food a creative outlet but it wasn't the creative outlet that was the fulfilling outlet for me. And so I, I had to realize Mm. like something's got to give, you got to choose your heart. You've got to choose the thing that really matters to you. And I realized, okay, I'd rather Mm. spend time sewing or spend time working on something that I actually care about. That's like going to fill that little creative Mm. hole inside my heart and, um, food. Although I do love feeding people and all that like I will make the effort for somebody for like a dinner party or something but that's a special occasion Mm. it's not it's not every day which I think I think if someone does really want to be like still have that opportunity to be a foodie like you don't have to throw it away (laughs) like you can still eat this way eat and like eat with the simplicity mindset but then you can still have the opportunity to create in and eat and be a foodie. But you just have to realize that like the simplicity kind of sets you free on the day to day. And then choose, choose your moments when you mm. want to be extra in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I, I think that's, that's exactly how I feel. And it, over our trip in America and just talking to lots of women who have been very successful with weight loss and you're definitely in that bucket their systems are so simple they eat similar things every day they have very robust but easy cooking methods like putting broccoli and potatoes in a microwave and it's it's just made me realize more and more that the less decisions that we have about the foods that we eat, the less we have to, the less barriers there are to actually putting that forkful of something filling that you can then move on with in your life, the less barriers there are to actually doing that, the more likely you are to do it. And then the more likely you are to succeed. And when it comes Mm. to forming habits, that's all about repetition. It's very hard to get your reps in as James Clear would say, when you're only doing the same thing once a week, if you're doing that every day and that's a consistent thing, like every morning I put my broccoli in my little bag and then I take it to work, that becomes a habit over time. And it's like, that's what weight loss is all about, really. It's about forming new habits. So I love that what you've done is you've chosen a simple system because that's what serves you in things more importantly than just how something tastes on a day-to-day basis. Like that's kind of, it's almost like that's like your work home life balance or like your simplicity and then extravagance kind of balance. And then it's like, you schedule those times, you schedule the foodie times, you schedule 
Mm-hmm. And you make time to play in the kitchen or experiment or cook for people, but it doesn't have to be every single meal. Also, like, I mean, I since I've I've essentially started cooking as a vegetarian. And so I've never, I like don't know how to cook meat at all, but I learned all these like crazy ways to like mm. add veggies into my food. <laughs> so I actually feel like if you want to have like more creativity, you could like make a big sauce. Like you're making dinner one night, you make a sauce that you're going to be able to eat for the next couple of nights. And that can be like a creative moment for you. Mm-hmm. Or you can figure out like, what vegetable can I add to this? That would taste good. Like I, like every once in a while or not every once in a while, one of the things I do, cause I will always eat a 50, 50 plate for dinner. I always put vegetables with it. Um, if I'm having mm. something that's like Mexican inspired, then I'll make a big pile of sauteed vegetables with a Mexican inspired seasoning. And like, I'll do that for whatever type of food I'm making. And so that kind of like hits the little spot that I need to be like, I'm being creative. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, done. Yeah. You're using the same frameworks. Yeah. I'd be exactly the same. Even if I'm cooking something different and experimenting, it's still the buttload of veggies is going to go in there. I'm still using those exact same principles of calorie density, which is really cool. I think that your story gives a lot of hope to people who are kind of maybe struggling with habits and feeling like they have to get super creative in the kitchen and not knowing what to cook. And I wanted you to share, just to highlight the fact that you actually are a foodie, because I think at this point it would be hard for people to believe because she literally eats broccoli and potato every day. (laughs) Can you share the story, the ice cream story that you told me? Uh, Yeah. Um, so when I was, I don't even know what age, but it was, it was two birthdays. So like probably a year or two years apart. Um, I decided that I wanted, well, I was really, really into ice cream and I loved the homemade ice cream or like the handcrafted ice cream that shops were doing. Um, and I really wanted to like have the chance to experience this with all of my friends, like where we all would get to just taste a bunch of different ice creams together. Um, so in order to like facilitate this as like a poor college student, I was like, okay, like the solution is I have an ice cream machine with two ice cream bowls. So I'm going to make, um, like 10 to 15 flavors of ice cream and put them into their like little pint sized cartons. And then, um, everyone's going to like taste them with like, I literally got like two ounce cups and like a little, um, tasting wooden spoons. And then everyone and I, oh, some of them even, okay. I remember I did, I did a corn flavored ice cream and then I made you eat it with kettle corn. Oh, wow. And I had like pairings. I remember the first time I did, I had pairings for each ice cream. Cause I did like weird flavors, like avocado and like rice. And then I had like puffed rice and like add caramel sauce. And so I had like instructions for each ice cream for like what pairing you should do with the flavor. Um, <laughs> I don't, oh that's, that's so good <laughs> yeah so I was it was fun but so much work and then everyone's like are oh, you gonna open an ice cream business and I was like um I don't think you realize how much work this was like I don't think I could do this forever <laughs> and yeah. yeah but then I did, I did it twice so you know <laughs> <laughs> which is twice more than most people ever will <laughs> so you I have friends who I tell about it now and they're like why wasn't I your friend then yeah I mean that's how I feel I I where was where was my invite back in the day but this is it's you really are someone who is like all of us likes food likes ice cream likes you know experimenting I see so much of your story and mine as well but you still make the, the decision to make it it easy for yourself and I really, I really want people to be able to give themselves permission to eat easy, simple, somewhat functional, I would say, food, where it's like you don't have to get dressed up every day. Like I'm sitting at home in track pants, socks, and like most of us, like we don't put on, you know, tons of makeup and like get your hair done and get like a spray tan. Like you don't get wedding dressed every day of Mm -hmm. your life so why do we think we have to put so much effort and so much decision making into the food that we eat every day yeah 
I actually think a lot of it comes from meal plans. Like I'm not a huge fan of them for this reason, because in some ways it's easy to do, you know, initially what someone says, just follow the meal plan. It's going to give you variety. Everyone thinks they need more variety. Most of the time we don't, we need less. And I think that we, we've just convinced ourselves that if we're going to be successful, things have to be so fun all the time. They have to be exciting and new, but that actually like you say, choose your hard. That makes it harder to stick to. It makes it harder to actually start because there's just, there's too many ingredients. There's too much prep. There's too much brain needed. And it's just easier to go and buy takeout. Yeah, it really is. That analogy is really good. The like getting dressed up. It's, that's so true. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you never do, right? You were telling me like, you still like going out to good places in LA and there's a lot there. There's there's so many. And I have like a little list and I'm like, someday I'll go to these places. But in the meantime, like I have, I do go out, but I, I go out to places where I know I can get like something that's essentially on plan. Um, mm. most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I've, I feel like people make, ex- like make excuses. Like this is what I did. Cause I like, I literally was this person. I wanted to make interesting food so that other people would want to be vegan. So I was like, I think that's, yeah, that's all of us. Eh? Yeah. In some way. Yeah. So I would, I would have the friends come over and we would have like a vegan dinner party. And then they'd be like, oh man, like if you would cook for me every day, then I could be vegan. And I'm like, I love to hear it. Say it again to me. (laughs) But then it's like, it's just not sustainable to be like, first off making, you know, vegan mac and cheese every day. And uh, second, eating it every day. (laughs) Like I figured out ways to make it like add tons of cauliflower in and like, you know, make it like lower in calorie density. But it's just the amount of time it takes, the amount of dishes it takes, the amount of energy it takes to like, make sure you have all the ingredients for all these things. It's just like not worth my mental energy and mental space anymore. Like I've just, yeah. which I, I do, I didn't, I understand these people that feel that way. And I just want, I want them to like question why they think they can't do it. Like what is really mm-hmm. stopping them? because it must be something else. Because I think that if you do try to eat something very simple, because you don't even have to eat the same thing every day, you can put different sauces or you can eat a different dinner. I, I really get habitual. So I will eat like a sushi bowl for dinner and oatmeal for breakfast and potatoes and broccoli every day. But I like, I think mm-hmm. that you'd be surprised that your body doesn't truly remember what you ate yesterday. So when you eat that thing, you're still like, wow, this tastes so good. And then you get to your dinner and you're like, wow, this tastes so good. So I would just try it yeah. for a little bit and then see like, if it is that terrible, you can always switch to a different meal. Yeah. And most of us do eat super habitually mm-hmm. when we actually think about it. Most people eat a pretty consistent breakfast, some kind of cereals or toast and eggs or whatever else they're eating. If you're on a standard American diet, yeah. but most of us are really habitual. We have coffee every day. We've got our routines that we do. We go to the same kind of restaurants. Most people still order the same kind of thing. If I go to my favorite restaurant, I order the same thing every single time because I know that I like it. And you can create the same kind of system in your home environment. I I think that we have, as a society, (laughs) just going into a big rant. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I know that I have this problem where I have an irrational fear of being bored. And it stops me from doing things Mm -hmm. that I think might be boring that are actually incredibly satisfying. So it's like, I won't go to bed early because I'm fearful that then I'll be sitting in bed. Uh It's not the case. I go to sleep Mm -hmm. super quick when I'm actually in bed or I journal or something. I have this, you know, I don't pick up a book. I pick up my phone and then I scroll on my phone. I feel terrible when I actually pick up the book, I get into it super quick. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. But our, our brains are hardwired to seek as much dopamine as they can. And we know that there's certain foods and variety is part of this as well. Variety coupled with high dopamine hit foods like processed foods or, you know, more interesting foods combined like that, that is more attractive to us. We do want that. Like we do want to seek that. Like you said, like that's a high reward activity 
but actually, and this is where you've kind of got to get, you've kind of got to get realistic with yourself or at least experiment. And you go, just because I feel mm-hmm. that way doesn't mean that that's actually, rea- actually reality. Just because potato and broccoli sounds so boring, Keisha, you are so boring. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> just because that sounds boring, you might actually really enjoy it and you might enjoy it mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. I, I mean, I literally sit down at lunch every day and I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> And then sometimes I'll switch it for like, I'll put like a cheese sauce instead of like whatever sauce I've been consistently putting. And then I'm like, wow, like amazing. Like chef's kiss. (laughs) My coworkers are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's so good. But hey, they're eating a PB and J that they've eaten for every single day. Every day. I'm like, I'm not the only one that's like very consistent. It's just like, I choose foods that are going to make me full. Like I, I'm like to the point where like, I am so full after my lunch that like, I'll, I bring an apple to work just in case I'm hungry, but usually I only eat it out of boredom. Like I don't eat it cause I'm hungry. Mm. Yeah. And that can't be said when you eat a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think you just have to find ways that y- you enjoy your foods. Like you don't have to think they're the best thing in the world. But even restaurant restaurant quality, A plus best meal of your life foods, if you were to have that every day, they would become mundane as well. Like that's the reality of it because we get acclimatized to that kind of level of dopamine. It's kind of like a drug in a way. So finding little ways to make those foods that you do want to eat that are consistent with your goals satisfying. Like I've been loving avocado with Creole seasoning, broccoli and micro potatoes. (laughs) So good. So simple, but seriously, so good. I haven't tried Creole seasoning, so I need to get my hands on it. Yeah, you got to give it a go. And <laughs> the same kind of things like oatmeal. You know, I'm the same. If I don't want to eat oatmeal, like I'll eat some potatoes. I had some potatoes this morning. But one thing I wanted to ask you is that like your your home system is very simple. You've got your oatmeal or your potatoes. You've got what you eat when you go out to work. You're, you've got a lot of consistency in your life. What did you do to tackle weekends and eating out with friends? And how did you negotiate that? Because that's not consistent. Um, Yes, good question. This is something that I have been working on since probably like uh, February. (laughs) And I feel like I finally like gotten to the point where I'm a little bit better at it or a little bit more consistent with my weekends. Um, I did decide to stop drinking um, which was a hard, like a hard cutoff decision that I made, um, probably like in November, probably. And so I think that has been like an, it's been something that has made it easier. And I had to have that conversation with all my friends and it was helpful to have that conversation Mm. because now no one is like pressuring me to drink or asking me to drink. And if they do invite me out, they're like, Oh, Hey, there's this to drink, or I'm so happy with, um, with just like a sparkling water and they make so many different types of like interesting flavored sparkling waters nowadays. Yeah, they do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, which I know that that's not for everyone. And if I'm going out multiple, multiple times, like sometimes I'll bring a kombucha or I'll like bring something else. that's like slightly more interesting, but even that I don't, I'm like so happy with, with the sparkling water that it's just like not worth it for me. But I think the hardest thing is that I want to be Mm. a laid back person who is like easy to be around as a vegan. (laughs) And I don't, I don't want everyone to be like, Oh, are you on a diet? Like, I don't want to have to deal with all these questions. So, um, I, in that has made it so that I have had times where I'll be out and then I'm like unprepared also. Yeah. I just feel like it's so go, go, go on the weekends that even if you prep for one thing, like you, it's not, I don't always have time to prep for every single thing I'm doing. So I feel like I've learned to prep sometimes prep when I can, and then, um, try to be a little bit more open in asking for things to be less oil. Or if I'm with friends cooking, I will, they'll often let me do the cooking of the vegetable that I'm going to be eating. So I just won't put any oil. What kind of things do you prep? What is like a prep system for going out look like? So, I mean, it depends. I'm not, I haven't gotten to like the consistency of like bringing a a Beth goodie bag with me, which maybe will be (laughs) something that I get to at some point. 
like, for example, I went to Yosemite a couple of weeks ago and I brought a cooler full of like super easy to munch on veggies. And I brought steamed potatoes and I brought a couple sauces Mm -hmm. and when it was possible, that's what, what me and my boyfriend ate for, like we snacked on that in the car on the way up. And then we ate it for lunch or dinner or something. And then we ate it, we ate it like three or four times. And, um, and then I did try to be vocal about like, you know, getting oatmeal somewhere, but then it, you know, it doesn't always work. You don't always end up somewhere that's a, mm. accommodating. Um, but if I can, I'll bring essentially the exact same stuff that Beth does, which is just like green, green snap peas or <laughs> sugar snap peas and tomatoes. I love cherry tomatoes, carrots, yeah. cucumbers. It's just like really easy to snack on type of type of veggies but if I'm going to like a party where I'm supposed to bring something I will usually choose to bring a potato something so I'll bring like potato salad and often like I might be the only one that eats it and then I bring it home and then I have it for lunch or whatever the next couple of days (laughs) so you're doing a bit of a combination where you are preparing as much as you can or you're preparing more than nothing, at least. Like there's a lot of prep there, but it's simple prep. It's veggies, it's potatoes, it's bringing food to a potluck. Mm-hmm. And then you're, it, it, it sounds like you're also kind of tackling it at the other end where when you go out, you're trying to mostly eat things that are going to be the better option, maybe not like the best option, and actually ask for what you want and kind of put yourself out there. Be a bit of an inconvenience, which is really hard. I feel like that's hard as a woman. It's and so a vegan. Hard. Yeah, it's really hard, especially taking since up I, space. Yeah, I have spent so much of my life not taking up space. So mm-hmm. being in lean with plants, like that has been a big thing is learning to take up the space and ask for what you need and tell tell your friends what you're doing and not just I'm trying not to just do whatever works for other people. I love that. Like we all need, I think we just all need more of that, that we know that we can it's okay to inconvenience people at times. It's okay to not be the super chill person that always goes with the flow. Like you can, you can ask for what you want. Yeah. And most of the time people are accommodating as long as you communicate that clearly. And as long as you're like friendly about it, then everyone is fine. Like no one cares. If you start yelling at people, like maybe that's a problem. Yeah. If you're, yeah, exactly. I was going to say if you're a Karen, but I know we have lots of people who, sorry, Karen. (laughs) Yeah. And then you still have, so you've got your, your super sister, super sis, can't even say these words, super simple. I wish there was another S, I can't think of one. Super simple (laughs) home system. And that's kind of the first layer, right? Get your home environment, get those things that are consistent, get that on autopilot, get those habits consistent there. You don't even have to worry about going out. So you did that and you're layering it and then you've layered like you're going out where most of the time you're bringing Mm -hmm. stuff with you. You're asking for the things that you want, but then you still do eat some processed food. Tell me about that. How do you, how do you know how much to have? When do you, when do you not? Do you let it into your house? Like, what does that look like? Um, I, I mean, in general, I try not to let it into my house. Uh, My boyfriend does bring things in. (laughs) And, um, as long as I like put them in the cupboard, then I don't really think about them or notice them. I, but I think that is like, I'm at a later stage, like being a year into this, it's a little easier. If it was, if it was a year ago at the beginning of this, I would have, I would have a much harder time. Mm. And I did have a conversation with him asking him not to bring those things in at that point and he was very um, receptive and helpful and didn't bring them in at the beginning um mm. I think now he thinks that like he gets a pint of ice cream and I don't know about it <laughs> I absolutely know about it but I you can we we can sense ice cream there's ice cream you can it's like an, it has like an aura it like calls to you yes <laughs> but I I'm so amazed because when I when I was younger like if I knew there was ice cream in the freezer, like it would just be like, you know, like whispering in my ear, like it would be calling to me throughout the whole day. And I would like yeah. eat some and then I would like Same. want more. And then, but I have gotten past that for now. I guess. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that crazy how people change? Isn't that phenomenal? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, 
I, I also know that like, if I were to start eating ice cream every couple of days that it would come right back. So it's, yeah, it's it like does. knowing that it it's a balance. And if I can, yeah, if we, if we go out for ice cream, we like every once in a while, we'll go and we'll go hang out with friends and we'll grab ice cream somewhere. And I'll either like eat a bite of it, eat a bite of my boyfriend's or I'll get like a sorbet or something. Mm. Um, just based off of it being like mostly sugar. <laughs> Which of for anyone that. who doesn't understand that, it's just lower in calorie density. Yeah. Also, lower in fat. I think it's like amazing to see like how much calories is like the tiniest amount of ice cream. It's crazy. <sighs> Especially Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, someone, I think it was Tia, like healthy vegan mama. I think she put a, like a little thing where it was like comparing the calories between like ice cream and like something else. And it was literally, it was like a spoonful of ice cream. And then she had like a massive pile of something else. And I was just like, oh man, like I would rather eat like a bunch of fruit yeah, than have ice cream. Yeah. Especially because I know, like I know myself and moderation isn't the key for me. Like, mm-hmm kind of letting things go and like not not saying oh, I'll never have that but just thinking of it as like a sometimes food that has mm-hmm. helped me a lot I I do think I'm still um learning um how to be around processed food out in the wild Same. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know sometimes I do better than others I I will try to like eat broccoli beforehand or eat even eat like potatoes and broccoli before because if I'm full then I have an easier time not so like say if I'm going out with friends and some a lot of times like they're not all eating like sometimes it's like a drinking thing but then some people will eat Mm. and normally if people are eating like not normally in my past if people were eating I would kind of feel like a FOMO like oh if they're eating like I deserve to eat it's always chips right it's always some form of chips (laughs) of course and it's there in the table right at the table yeah yeah and so if I'm not hungry or if I'm like if I have gotten to the point where I was full at some point in that evening then it's Mm -hmm. so much easier to just say no Mm. almost because Mm -hmm. you're like I'm like I'm tired of eating like my body's tired of feeling full and I I want my body to feel good so then it's easier to be like oh no if I eat those I'm not gonna feel good yeah and it's you underestimate the power of things like potatoes eating a super satiating meal of something like potatoes mm-hmm. and broccoli how that does influence your desire to eat processed food it, it is actually yeah. seriously magical if you preload like which is what you were talking about and then go out you, you just don't want it as much yeah in general like with my with my boyfriend he has like a kind of a wild eating habits and so sometimes he'll he'll be hungry at like nine or 10 at night. And I'm that person who has that FOMO of like, oh, you're eating, like I need to eat. Um, But yeah, I've gotten past it. I think just by like eating a satiating meal for dinner. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I, every time he goes to Taco Mm -hmm. Bell at night, like Mm -hmm. I don't, he'll be like, oh, do you want anything? And it's so nice of him to ask, but, but no. (laughs) So nice. (laughs) Yeah. What I love about your systems is that everything that you're doing is about making your life easier. It's about making the behaviors that you want to cultivate. It's about making them more obvious, more satisfying, easier to follow through on. Nothing that you've said is about, oh, I just knuckled down and I got more willpower and I just motivated myself and, you know, no pain, no gain. Like everything is make it easy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, remember me saying earlier that like I, throughout my whole life, I thought, oh, I don't have enough motivation or willpower or any of that. Mm -hmm. And like being just choosing tiny ways to make it a little easier. And there've been a lot of like little steps that have gotten me to this point, Yeah. but by, by making it so that I could just like slip into these actions, that is how I now actually feel like, wow, I might actually have motivation and I might actually have willpower. And like, whoa, this is like crazy to realize that like my like internal self is not broken, you know, like I actually can do things. And like, I think that is overflowing into my act, my like daily life, not just my habits, my, my diet habits, Mm. which is just like crazy. I, I really wish that 
people would, you know, like take a tiny step and really like try something new because it really can, I don't know, it can turn into something amazing if you just do something, just something, start tiny. (laughs) Start tiny. Yeah. It snowballs into so much more. And like you say, you are now someone who does have a lot of motivation. You do have you know, more willpower than most of us would in those situations that are hard. Like you've told people that you've stopped drinking. You're not taking the bites of chips when you go out. You're preloading, you're bringing food with you. All of those things are real hallmarks of someone who is dedicated and motivated and seems like they have a lot of willpower, but it didn't start like that. You develop those things as you build trust in yourself. And the way to build trust in yourself, if you don't if you can't keep commitments to yourself, which most of us can't because we've been relying on willpower and instead dopamine kicks in and we eat the chips and the ice cream because it's there and it calls to us. If you don't have that trust, then you have to start small so that you can start building that up again. It's like building this bridge between who you are now and who you want to be in the future. And you've got to build that with a foundation you've got to build that brick by brick action by action there's no way that you leap across that there's no way that something light bulb shifts in your brain between what you know and then actually implementing it consistently consistently that's the knowledge and the implementation gap you need tiny habits to do that yeah also if you if when i have failed in the past and literally i think i failed last week doing something like <laughs> Um, I think being able to be like, oh, I failed not don't, don't beat myself up instead. Mm-hmm. ask, Why did I fail? Like, what could I do better next time? Like, what's something that I can try to fix this problem next time, mm-hmm. um, makes it so instead of like feeling beat up, beating up on yourself and going like figuring out how to turn a failure into a success in the future. Yeah, you're using that to examine your system rather than disqualifying your progress with it. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a system flaw. (laughs) All of these things, it's it's not you, it's your system, essentially. Mm -hmm. And your system in the beginning, when you're doing, when you're starting out, your system has to feel easy. Like it, Mm -hmm. it, it always does. And this is why we keep coming back to simple meals things that are easy Mm. to make like it takes five minutes to cook a potato in the microwave maybe a little bit longer if you live in the states because your potatoes are bigger and your microwaves are less powerful which I only found out recently (laughs) I feel like the microwaves are they actually less powerful or is it just certain microwaves you have to like turn you have to tell it to be more powerful I think the I like or it's the the electrical current this is going to display my ignorance because I'm not up with these kind of things Nick knows all about it but there's just less power coming out of appliances in general in America like they have a different power system than we do here so things are just slightly less powerful which is crazy I think that like my work microwave you can like adjust how much power it right and so it might only be set to like half power yeah there's also yeah. a potato setting that makes things really easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also just like throw a potato in the microwave, set it for a certain amount of time. And then if it works, then you learned how it works. And if it yeah. doesn't, then put it for more. <laughs> I know. I can't believe that this held me back for so long, but it's so indicative of how we're just so scared to fail or we're so scared to try things in case they don't work. But I was like, oh, I don't know how. I won't even try. Mm-hmm. and now people ask me how do you do your potatoes and it's like put it in and give it a go if it's not cooked do it more <laughs> you'll <laughs> learn in a couple of times how long it, it needs for your specific potato and your specific microwave it's about oh. five to six minutes it's not it's not rocket science yeah, I would love to hear from you oh sorry go for it oh no I was just gonna say if you want it to be rocket science you can you can google it <laughs> you can google it yeah and there will be some kind of science the exact weight for how long you should microwave. yeah yeah depending on what country you're in but that's where we always make things too complicated for ourselves right it always feels harder so Keisha what would be your top three pieces of advice for someone who feels that they understand the knowledge which is where you were but they can't get consistent and they can't make those habits permanent I would say 
that you sh the first my first piece of advice would be to question your your can't like question when you say you can't do something and start trying things and then um, my second would be to start a tiny habit practice oh yes <laughs> um and then my third would be find little things that you like doing and start adding them into your life and um like habit stack them mm. um I, okay i have like a little example I was listening to a podcast um, from a, a, it's called the creative pep talk, mm. which it's just this like really goofy illustrator who gives you a creative pep talk every week. But he, I think you actually might really like this podcast, um, especially he's like wildly goofy. <laughs> like I laugh out loud when I'm listening oh, to him that. sometimes. Um, but he was interviewing this author. Her name's Susan Kane. I've read, I've read one of her books, but I'll have to read the book that she was promoting during this interview. Um, but she was talking about how, um, the way that she gets herself to write every day is by, um, only allowing herself coffee when she's like, when she's going to write and she sets up, like, she tries to make it like the most beautiful experience. And so even when she goes on vacation, she uh, is craving that experience and her family will give her her like two to three hours to sit down mm -hmm. and write because like she wants her coffee and she wants her lovely experience. So if you mm -hmm. have something weight loss or other goals in your life and you can figure out a way to like put them into something that you really love, like add your coffee to it. Like for me, I have started a weekend thing where I will go on a long walk to get a cup of coffee because <laughs> I live like I can get to a bunch of coffee shops from my apartment some of them are like two miles away some are a little closer some are a little farther um but I'll kind of go on like a hike to in the city to go get my coffee and I'll get there and drink my coffee and then come home and it's it's just like a pleasant experience and I can go with a friend or I can go with myself in a podcast or go with my boyfriend and it's just so nice to be able to add something into your life that's healthy instead of trying to force yourself mm. to take things out. I love that so much. Like addition rather than subtraction. And yeah, habit stacking is super powerful when you pair something that you already enjoy doing with something that like a good habit that you're trying to develop that becomes much more satisfying. It's much more enjoyable. You are much more likely to want to actually do it. You have more motivation to follow through. I've been because I'm I'm running more these days and I've got a long run actually scheduled for today and I've been listening to a book that I really enjoy while I run and it means that you know going and running for an hour which sounds like torture even as I'm saying it I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe this is coming up today but knowing that I'm going to be listening to this story where I'm going to be smiling and like enjoying the characters like that makes it so much more satisfying Mm -hmm. And it means that I'm actually looking forward to it because I'm not listening to that book any other yeah. time. <laughs> That's cool. It's almost like a break. Yeah. Even though yeah, I'm going to be I dying. <laughs> so Keisha, what is one final thing that you think listeners can do that is going to have the biggest impact on their weight loss? Um, I would say eat veggies at every meal. <laughs> Super simple. Boom. <laughs> That's so simple, right? Yeah. If you do that, you're going to have some phenomenal results. Yeah. I, yeah. Even just, even if you're adding vegetables into something, still eat a side of vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> veggies are where it's at. Veggies are life. <laughs> they are. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so many actionable things that people can take away and just, I'm just super inspired by this. I was super inspired when I heard about your systems when we were in LA together and I'm super inspired now. And the biggest takeaway from me from this interview is that you keep things simple. You you, you've chosen your heart really well. You know what you're sacrificing by not, I feel like I'm using a double negative. You know that- making it complicated, making it all too many decisions in your system, making delicious foodie food all the time. You know that that takes you away from what's really important, which is your consistency and having time in your life to do the things that are more important to you. So I love that you've, you've 
put a bit of a hierarchy of what's actually important. And you've, you've asked those hard questions. And I love that you are layering these different elements of your habits. You're starting, you're starting with your home, like that's sorted. You've moved on to weekends. You've moved on to taking food with you and what you do when you go out to eat. Like it wasn't everything all at once. It was tiny habits. And that's super inspiring for people and really encouraging that they don't have to get it all mm-hmm. right. I, yeah, I feel like not trying to do everything at once, like not, not trying to do the all or nothing thing is like such a big, such a big thing to learn. And I, even people that don't think that they're perfectionist, like, I think that you, you want like that result. So you want to do some big thing to make it, make it work. But actually what you need to do is something tiny and just keep building on the tiny things. Yeah. So well, and then a year later, you'll be 50 pounds. Yeah, it's like crazy. I almost can't even believe it myself. So you must feel like a completely different person. I mean, I like feel like myself, but then, yeah, like I see myself in a selfie and I'm like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy. Thank you so much, Keisha. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your day. Thank you, Chelsea. Have a good one. See you. Bye. All right. I flip and loved that. It was absolutely a privilege to talk to Keisha like it always is. And I'm just, I'm continually blown away by people who are seeing phenomenal success over the long term and how simple they make things for themselves. That they really choose simplicity and repetition of actions to build those habits rather than having to have lots of variety because they they realize that simplicity makes things easy the more complexity you have the more decisions that you have to make the harder it is to get your reps in to form consistent habits and the easier it is for you to go off plan because it's just it's a no-brainer to go through the takeout line at Taco Bell or wherever. It's more of a no-brainer than it is to come up with a meal, make sure that you've got all the food there, and then wonder if you're actually going to like it, and then clean up for three hours from the dishes. So moral of the story, make your system light and easy, make your meals light and easy, and also taste great, and you're going to be able to stay consistent with them. Another thing is that Lean of Plants is opening again really, really soon on the 9th of August. And if you are wanting, like Keisha, to learn how to create tiny habits to get you consistent, then hop on. We would love to have you as part of our community. And I know that just like Keisha, even if you don't know how to get consistent or how to implement then you can do it. You are not a failure. You just need to build trust with yourself and you can do that in an easy way through small habit change and progress over time. It does not have to be something that requires a ton of willpower. Not having a lot does not disqualify you from being able to succeed. So please be encouraged in that. Uh, And if you have any questions, then feel free to reach out to me. You can send um, myself and the team an email or you can also reach out to me on Instagram. Would love, love, love to see you in Lean of Plants and help you to reach your weight loss goals in a sustainable way. I will see you next week for another episode.